Breaking news. Following the recent announcement from the White House that Biden and his administration are working towards forgiving up to $20,000 of student debt, the career earnings for every gender studies major has skyrocketed to a record-breaking $20,000. When asked to comment on this unexpected turn of events, one such gender studies major commented, The amount of Apple products, Starbucks, purple hair dye, vapes, chest binders, and phallic objects this money will buy me, all but guarantees I will continue to be an entitled, deranged parasite for years to come. When questioned by reporters if they felt any remorse for unloading the burden of their student loan debt on the average taxpaying American who either didn't receive a post-secondary education or paid off their loans in full, the gender studies major responded by saying, If my 47 participation trophies from the ASMR Olympics taught me anything, it's that if you at first you don't succeed, chop off your breasts, inject yourself with chemicals, cry victim, become demonic, and in due time, daddy government will surely handle, hand you over number 48. Join us on this episode as we continue our discussion on the decay of Western academia. Despite the recent announcement regarding debt cancellation, is there cause for optimism regarding a shift in public sentiment surrounding academic America? Could Biden's attempt at student loan cancellation be in part a ploy to elevate the net benefit of a college education in the minds of the next generation? Finally, will Shane cave to the ghost of Ryan and share his binders with him once and for all? There's only one way to find out. Watch and listen as we break down the trends in post-secondary marketing and other illuminating news as we uncover both Shane and the truth. Welcome back to the 13th Hour. First, I'd like to announce to our based viewers that the 13th Hour is now officially a podcast and not just a YouTube show. It took Mystery Lady nearly a year, but she has finally got us onto Spotify, Google Podcasts, and Apple Podcasts. We can also be watched on Rumble and Odyssey, and our viewers can interact with us on Instagram or Twitter. The links to all of these platforms are in the description section of the episode or can be found on our YouTube banner. Please subscribe to us on as many of these platforms as possible. We are a small podcast fighting the good fight for truth, humor, and personal responsibility. Subscribe to us and don't miss out on future content. Probably the most ba base podcast, I would say, in uh, uh, 500 kilometer radius. <laughs> All right, we'll get, we'll take it. We'll take it. <laughs> but yeah, um, let's talk now about why college degrees are losing their value. And this is something we've obviously touched on, but it goes into more depth. Mm -hmm. This was off of uh, fee.org. And this is from December 19th, 2021. Mm -hmm. Link in the description below. Read now. Over the past couple decades, credentialing of intangible employment value has become more prevalent. Credentials can range from college degrees to professional certifications. One of the most common forms of credentialing has become a four-year college degree. This category of human capital documentation has evolved to take on an alternate function. Outside of a few no notable exceptions, a bachelor degree serves as a signaling function. As George Mason economics professor Brian Kaplan argues, the function of a college degree is primarily to signal to potential employers that a job applicant has desirable characteristics. Earning a college degree is more of a validation process than a skill building process. Employers desire workers that are not only intelligent, but also compliant and punctual. The premise of the signaling model seems to be validated by the fact that many graduates are not using their degrees. In fact, in 2013, only 27% of graduates had a job related to their major. Hmm. You, can, you can count me in the other 73%. <laughs> 
Uh, that's interesting because so I guess that comes down to is that a mistake on the student's part or a mistake on the college's part? That 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 their degree is worthless. Yeah. Um, uh, or a mistake on their parents' part that pushed them into school I mean, when they weren't ready. Would, st- would still be a student though. Like ultimately, the student's got to make that final decision where he's like, "Yeah, I'm taking this course." I don't know. Like, here, here let's talk about this. This is an interesting conversation. Um, you're 18 years old. Um, you just were, and in the states, you can't even drink. Actually, you can't even drink mm-hmm. in the states. And half the provinces only you can drink in Canada. You can't rent a car, right? Mm-hmm. I mean, you could chop off your tits or your dick, but that's beside the point. Um, do you think it's fair to? allow an 18 year old to make such a life altering decision um, of signing away probably up to like probably $250,000 of future earnings that they may or may not be able to achieve. I, well, I don't know if it's fair. It's legal. I didn't say if it's legal. I think it's, do you think it's fair? No, I, I don't know. It, I mean, that's up to the, that's up to the 18 year old to decide. Yeah, but do you think that they're cognitively, intellectually capable of making? Some of them are, yeah. No, but the vast majority, like as a as a general rule, that's hard to say because, like, people mature at different rates. Um, I mean, obviously, I would say yes. I would say the majority are capable yeah. of making the right decision, yeah. and we can see that because the majority are choosing not to go to university. Mm-hmm. Right. So statistically, looking at it, we do have a group of people out there who have just decided, no, I, the, it's not worth it for me to take out a loan mm-hmm. to go take a course that doesn't matter. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, yes. And these are going to be young people who are deciding this. So as a majority, yes, I would say mm-hmm. if you're 18, you're capable. Now, are schools preying on a certain type of demographic? Individual. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. There yeah. I think we've mentioned this a few times before, but you know. But uh yeah. there's a certain type of person out there who for whatever reason, medical Here, mental, thought. they do not mature by the time they're eighteen. Here's a thought, Shane. So universities, they're primarily targeting who? Leftists. Do you think that is by design? Like the university, the universities know that this demographic is most likely to make irrational, emotional decisions. Absolutely, yeah. That will cripple them for years to come. And they're like, "Yup, those are our guys." (laughs) Oh yeah, they know. I mean, somebody's doing their homework for sure. Right. Because like going after a right wanger, right, with marketing. Um, and not actually, they have no receipts, right? They're not providing receipts. Like mm-hmm. they're not saying, this is this is what you take. You can expect this kind of return on your investment. Yeah, so it's all implied marketing, right? right? It's and, not like and who likes implied things. The left. It's interesting. Mm-hmm. And so, yeah, I would say it's fair to market to eighteen-year-olds. So, are, are we gonna feel like empathy for the left now? I mean, I've when, always, it com- when it comes to, uh, I've always sort of felt bad for them. Yeah. I mean, fuck them. <laughs> but I felt bad for like five minutes. <laughs> that's fair. That's fair. Okay. I'm just going to finish off the article here. Uh, since bachelor degrees carry a significant signaling function, there have been sus- substantial increases in the number of job seekers possessing a four-year degree. Obviously, it makes mm-hmm. sense. Today, nearly 40% of all Americans hold a four-year degree. Considering the vast increase in college attendance and completion, it's fair to question if a college degree has retained its purchasing power on the job market. Much of the evidence seems to suggest that it has not. Forty percent—that's a pretty high number. That's interesting. That this, like, the the observation here would lead one to conclude that the free market is speaking again. Mm -hmm. Right, the free market. Whether universities like it or not, the free market has noticed that these courses that they're offering that result in these four-year degrees, a lot of them confer no useful skills to apply in the real world. Mm -hmm. And therefore, you can't leverage your degree into something in that field. Mm -hmm. So a lot of these people are taking jobs that are completely unrelated 
because the degree is worthless because you took a you took a course that didn't mean anything mm -hmm. and and this is the thing so there is we talked about this previous there is the the right let the left run wild because the right sort of mantra was well you know the real world will shit on them and then they'll have to wake up but the institutions adapted themselves to protect the yeah. left as far as possible but the, the yeah the capitulating yeah but the real world still exists even if you are shielded from it to the maximum and they get out there and it's simply like like a if you're completely left wing uh business you're probably not going to stay open forever right like that that feminist coffee shop or whatever that, that shut down they, they, you could pay was that the one you could pay whatever you yeah. felt was appropriate yeah That's but there funny. was a tax on white people <laughs> so the white people had to pay a higher tax and they shut down but again so you can't like left-wing ideology isn't sustainable to business yeah right you can be a left-winger with a regular business and be sustainable but a left-wing business eventually just crumbles right um because you can't the 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 genius of capitalism is that it doesn't discriminate. Mm -hmm. If you are a capitalist, left-wing money, right-wing money, centrist money, white money, black money, green money, purple, it's money. Mm -hmm. And you got to make it. And so they don't say, well, we don't want you or we don't want that. And that's why capitalism always wins. Along with um, a flooding of, I guess, certifications in the marketplace... Um, what about just, well, uh, well I want to point out this too, and uh, we've touched upon this. We've touched upon everything before, but when you make everybody special, nobody is special. And that's, that's what's happening here. Yeah, yeah. Everybody's got to say, so the issue is, is that everybody's got some worthless certification. Mm -hmm. Well, then nobody's certification matters, mm -hmm. right? The idea at one time was that the certification gave you an advantage against somebody. But if everybody's coming out with the same gender studies degree or mm -hmm. whatever, I mean, whatever degree, whatever it is, well, who's getting the extra checkbox on the application? You know, it feels like that's just like a prerequisite to even be like um, considered. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah. So it's it's, again, one of those things that you, when you remove what makes something special, it'll obviously cease to be special. Mm -hmm. But what I was going to mention is probably okay this is something i didn't pull up but it'd be interesting to look at is the flood of new institutions in the marketplace um i guess and i guess kind of the evolution of the post-secondary marketplace over the last 50 years or so mm -hmm. i'm i would bet just guessing that it's substantially increased it has i mean we can and see so, it here so like that is diluted and then the degree is diluted mm -hmm. and it's just all it's like a ponzi scheme yeah like you get all these career colleges right and technical colleges and like all these places that just sort of occupy a small office building or whatever right and, right and you know uh, also with covid is something i didn't mention um is the online courses and the online institutions that has exploded as well and in fact covid highlighted the thing that you know, we forget the one thing that universities would probably still be useful for uh even if they suck now would be the social interaction mm -hmm. and with the online learning that's the eyes you mean <laughs> <laughs> monkey pox <laughs> but uh without the social interaction f during the online learning there's a uh, there's a maturing process that you get. There is, yes, that yes. you miss out on yes, now, right? I agree, I agree. Um, especially like I took um, some, like I, I took honors. So what that basically means is you get smaller classes. You get like 10, 12 person classes, and what you it's have more to, intimate. And what you have to do is you become, in essence, the the teacher. Mm. So you take uh, a topic. And you have to be the one to go through the different articles for that week. And you have to teach the rest of the students. And the professor is there just to guide you, right? And that was, I would say, probably my most um, useful experience, right, was having to be the one to decide what was important, right, highlight those points and present it to my peers. That was a pretty cool experience. That's cool, yeah. Yeah. 
Um, but yeah, you don't, you don't really, I don't think you get that as much if you're doing it online. It seems like the logistics would be a little weird because we had like PowerPoints and um, it was obviously a more intimate setting. So you get like the, you get more of the, the, the physical cues, right? Um, and it's just more of an authentic experience and you don't get that authentic experience and everything already is behind a screen. So you put more shit like mm -hmm. a university education behind a screen. Well, that's just going to condition more, I guess, you reliance on technology. There is a, uh, there is a factor to personal human interaction that you don't get online. Uh, and you can, you know, uh, you can see it easily with like stuff like, uh, I don't know if anyone's heard of Alex Stein. Go I check like him. him. He will, so he'll confront like lefties, like to their face, right? And so you'll see him confront the lefty, and these lefties completely wilt mm -hmm. when he confronts them. And they, they can't speak right. They can't say what they want to say. But these are the same type of lefties that if you found them on Twitter, they would run like a uh, 140 uh, tweet reply argument to you. No problem, mm -hmm. right? Because that's kind of like where they're comfortable. They're comfortable being anonymous or hidden or protected or whatever. And it doesn't even have to, I'm, I mean, I'm saying lefties, but it's just whoever these people are that get confronted and are, are you know, the, the social justice people. And, but in real life, they just don't have that clout anymore. There's something missing. Mm -hmm. And that probably has a lot to do with the, could be a lot of socially stunted people out there mm -hmm. that, are in that sort of uh, area of politics or social justice or whatever. And it might have a lot to do with not having the social interaction that they should have through either school, university, college, whatever. Yeah. Where you, t you, that's the other thing too, that's good about university or was good or about, you know, live learning teaches you confrontation, mm -hmm. teaches you how to deal with confrontation, teaches you how to deal with adversity not everybody you're talking to is in an echo chamber and is just going to go, yeah, yeah, and you're right. I love it. Yeah. Right. And, and this is an important skill for people to learn because you have to be able to, to perform under pressure. It, it's at some point, whether it be at your job or your personal life or even online, anything, there's going to come a point where you hit adversity and you got to find a way to overcome that. And the in-person interaction is the primary method that teaches you stuff mm -hmm. like that. Yeah. Um, woke culture. I would say it, it's a facade, right? It's, it, like you said, it's an echo chamber, right? And it's facade because it insulates from the real world. From, and from or real what, criticism. What, or what we hope is the real yeah, world, yeah, right? Exactly. Um, and and so it it's kind of like one of those things that they need to... Um, they need to prop up in order to keep it going. And one of the things that's going on that they're doing um, is some universities are actually paying professors who go woke. So reading now from johnlock.org, the article is entitled Public University to Pay Professors Who Go Woke. This article is by John Locke, and it was January 4th, 2022. A public Tennessee university is offering professors financial incentives for infusing social justice into their classes. The University of Memphis told faculty they could collect a $3,000 stipend for redesigning their curricula to align with the university's commitment to diversity equity, inclusion, and social justice, according to an email sent to all faculty obtained by the Washington Free Beacon. The offer is part of the university's eradicating systemic racism and promoting social justice initiative. Interested faculty are asked to submit a copy of a syllabi to be reworked as well as a 500-word narrative on their diversity, equity, and inclusion philosophy and how the new lessons will address disparities in their subject area. The University of Memphis's offer is part of a growing trend on colleges campuses, college campuses where the overt promotion of social justice has become the new norm. So they, the universities are putting their money where their branding is, <laughs> right? And this, this kind of seems like 
an an offshoot of their marketing right mm-hmm. pl- uh initiatives because they're increasing their woke culture and so they're like hey look at us you think we're anti-racist we're so anti-racist we will give people money to be anti-racist or something i don't know it's um well and this is it's interesting because it seems like um promoting more wokeness on universities with declining enrollment seems to be like they're doubling down throwing gasoline on a house fire right? and hoping to turn it right hoping to put it out like, it's so weird like, so your their trajectory is been woke from a while now but especially i'd say like 20 what 15 ish yeah it really ramped up. ramped up 2015 so like the last five years ramped up with that woke agenda and enrollment at the same time woke agenda goes up enrollment goes down and they're just like Keep More it woke. going. Keep it going. More woke, baby. Woke it up. <laughs> so, I mean, do they want to succeed? I don't know. Um, but, yeah, there's a definite concerted effort to push this woke agenda. And they are injecting $3,000 into the pockets of any teacher who's willing to abide by this philosophy. Well, you know, this is where capitalism also is can be used uh, as a weapon because a lot of these teachers might not even believe in wokeness or social justice, but fuck, $3,000 is $3,000. Might as well throw it in my curriculum. All you got to say is like equity, diversity, inclusion, trans lives matter and black lives matter. Right. And so this is, again, so like when capital, sometimes capitalism uh, saves you, sometimes it can be weaponized. I mean, is it is it capitalism is capitalism gonna save the day though um in the grand scheme of things when the universities become even more woke and then enrollment tanks even further hopefully eventually right you would, think you would so, hope yeah. you would yeah, hope there's you would gonna think be and hope. there's obviously a point of no return where um you simply just need more enrollment mm-hmm. and if you f- if you feel that the enrollment tanking with the wokeness going up is inversely proportionate if you think there's a correlation there then you're probably going to be like all right well i guess we should like tone down the woke shit for a bit or as what's being done in florida is a more proactive approach I'm not sure if you're aware of this uh, the land of big balls florida you <laughs> <laughs> who's got big balls <laughs> what is it uh what does uh, Ron DeSantis have? He has uh, B D E. Big Dick Energy. Big DeSantis Energy. <laughs> also known as Big Dick Energy, but um, he uh, he's keep doing he's keeping on doing the Lord's work. So reading now from the Miami Herald. I love how they're wording this too. It's amazing. August tenth, twenty twenty two. The article is entitled, University Professors Are Afraid Florida's Crackdown on Woke Academia is Already Working. Oh, shit. This gets me so hype. I love ending the podcast They're with something like, hype. Florida's <laughs> Crackdown on Academic Freedom. It's like, oh, whoa, whoa. What, who told you universities that you could literally teach whatever the fuck you wanted? Nobody. You can't teach anything you want. There is standards out there. This is a, and this is, and this so this is the type of wording. This is mainstream narrative wording that is designed to trigger normies that don't really know any better, right? Right. They're or like, they just they just skim the title. Yeah. And uh, but no, there is limits to what you can teach, what you can say, what you can do. It, like freedom, and this is the other thing too. They all, there's a perception with normies that. That freedom is just some universal thing that applies at all times to everything. I mean, when they're comfortable with it, of course, right? Uh, but you have freedom as a private citizen on your time. Mm-hmm. You don't have freedom on your employer's time. If you were free on your employer's time, you just wouldn't even show up for work and you'd collect a paycheck. Well, this is a little bit different um, in the sense that 
he is um, regulating what universities can teach. No, that's that's right. And yeah. but government has always regulated what universities can teach. Right. It's never not been that way. Mm -hmm. So reading now from the Miami Herald, Florida's recent crackdown on academic freedom at public universities and colleges is already having its apparent intended effect. Professors are muzzling themselves. The point of House Bill 233 is to prevent universities from shielding students from ideas and opinions that they may find uncomfortable, unwelcome, disagreeable, or offensive. That sounds great on paper. But what diverse viewpoints will professors be forced to entertain? A University of Florida computer science professor explained to the Herald, could a geography instructor be challenged by a student who believes that the earth is flat? Hold on. Yes. <laughs> yes. He can be challenged. And because you have the facts on your side. Why would it be a problem? You would just prove him wrong. It's like math. Can someone challenge you that two plus two equals four? Yes. They're wrong and you can prove it, but they can challenge you on it. Yeah. Like what a bizarre well, angle. Here's the thing, though. The left doesn't want to be challenged. And I mean, he's using that example, but what he's really referring to is probably more left-leaning ideology. He, what he's really saying, okay, so when he says uh, a geology professor is challenged by a student who believes the earth is flat, what he's really saying is a biology professor <laughs> being challenged by a student that men there's can't have fucking babies. That there are two genders. Or that there's two genders. That's what he's saying. Yeah. And really, that's just a yeah. euphemism it for is, that. So. It is. It is. And the left, as we've mentioned countless times, and we will mention countless times more, if there's anything they're afraid of the most, it's people challenging them and using facts, logic, and reason to obliterate their delusions. their delusions. Yeah. There you go. So this new law is only one piece in efforts to reshape education according to an ideological mold. I just want to point out one thing. This is the other, and this is this is a uh, a nuance to the DeSantis agenda that people often overlook. If you look at most of the bills that DeSantis signs or tables, they're simple. They're short. I think the longest one I read was 11 pages. Mm -hmm. These aren't these congressional bills of 5,000 pages. Well, it's like the, the Save Puppies and Kitties Act, and it's like about like rearranging the economy yeah. so that uh, there's more socialism. Like, like the Florida bills are beautiful in their simplicity. They want to do one thing, and they get it done. Yeah, I agree. House Bill 7 will regulate classroom instructions on race and gender. Universities risk losing funding for example, over lessons that may be construed as telling college students they bear responsibility and they must feel guilt, anguish, or other forms of psychological distress because of actions committed by their past, in the past by other members of the same race, color, sex, or national origin. So, so they Seems don't want you reasonable. trying to gaslight your students into re taking responsibility for something they never had any uh action or hand in makes sense to me they, they uh, throw in this line here at the end it's kind of funny desantis dubbed the law as the stop woke act but it might be best described as the snowflake act what? i guess they're calling conservative snowflakes for not liking critical race theory and radical gender theory and making people feel bad for sins that their ancestors may or may not have committed in the past so wait a second it, it's you're a snowflake if you don't want to be gaslit by a bunch of lies yes sign me up i guess <laughs> another law DeSantis signed in april will make it harder for professors to retain tenure this is interesting the job security designed to ensure academic freedom and protect them from retaliation by government officials it's interesting way to put it Every five years, tenured faculty will have to go through a review by the university's board of trustees, which could part ways with them. Guess who appoints most of those trustees? Republicans and the governor. Wait. Sisantis's, mm -hmm. uh nether region. Drop it on the table. 
It could. It, we don't know what it is. It could be one of the two giant nuts. <laughs> it could be something else. It's big though. Tenure though, that's an interesting thing. Uh, five years. That seems reasonable. Like, tenure is one of those things that, it's, it's given to what maybe thirty percent. I think I read of uh staff of professors mm-hmm. um and people do get complacent over time so well, a five-year review seems reasonable to see if you're um upholding your end of the bargain yeah what's the problem with reviewing it i don't see a problem <laughs> listen if you're doing a good job you'll be fine i mean unless you think that oh they're out to get me blah 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 but, but probably not i mean i guess they're worried that they'll the 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 people on the board will in, do their job and investigate whether or not they're promoting um this critical race theory imagine the people doing their job i know it's it's bonkers it's bonkers what a hellscape florida is you're free you're not forced to taking vaccines they expect the schools to teach you i know and you have to do your what what's going on down there it's almost like the wild florida south it's southeast it's fucking freedom (laughs) central the wild southeast um what is this one here is this an article trans activist oh that this was another article do you want to finish this off with this or we want to leave it it's it's the article regarding um the trans uh professor who was selling uh, hormones to students over Twitter. Uh, the, the drug trafficker, you mean? Yeah. Professor drug trafficker? Uh, I mean, we could go through it quickly if you want. I'll just go through it quickly and we'll end off I know on Matt that. Walsh has really hit this thing hard, so. Okay, I'll just do it quickly. Um, so a transgender, well, I don't know the, we'll have the articles uh, link in the description below. I'm not sure where it's from. It was, uh, I guess, rearranged. It here. might be Daily Wire. We could put the Daily Wire. But it's entitled Trans Activist Accused of Sexual Assault Offers Hormones to Youth Across State Lines. I That's got to be a Daily Wire article. I can do a quick search here. Is that, is, Breitbart. It was Breitbart. Okay. It's, I was going to say Daily Wire, Breitbart, or Gateway Pundit because there's no other one, no other news outlet that would frame it like that. And uh, what's the date? It's uh, August 10th, 2022 by Spencer Lindquist. It's reading now. A transgender activist who has pledged to send prescription hormones to youth across state lines has been accused of sexual assault by multiple alleged victims. Eli Ehrlich, a transgender activist and PhD candidate at the University of California, Santa Cruz, has pledged to send prescription hormone therapy drugs across state lines to youth who cannot legally obtain them, Breitbart News reported. Breitbart News noted that Ehrlich said, if you need hormones, I'm working with a distribution network to get you access. In addition to everything is free, no questions asked. We have hundreds of doses of testosterone, estradiol, estradiol, estradiol. <laughs> I don't know what that is. I'm guessing that's something to do with estrogen. Yeah, it's probably an estrogen drug. And, uh... Was that one? Spironolactone. So basically, let's just sum it up as chemicals that drastically change your physiological makeup. Now, is the DA going to kick down this person's door? I don't know, but according to the U.S. State Department of Justice, it is illegal to use prescription drugs without a valid prescription or to distribute them well considering the current department of justice is a hot mess i'm going to assume the dea will not be kicking down this person's door um and so and they're (laughs) in california so the local the local uh law enforcement probably won't be doing anything either there was a video found where ehrlich said every month for the past several years i ordered a double dose of hormones and testosterone blockers i save all the extra pills for my best friends and closest lovers i just hope these little pills can bring some joy into their lives however sending prescription drugs to minors across state lines may be maybe just one of the multiple legal actions taken by ehrlich 
who has also been accused of leveraging his stat stature as an activist to engage in rape and sexual assault. Okay, is this a guy or a girl? This is a dude pretending to be a girl. Okay, fair enough. We won't get into the sexual assault thing. I thought I'd just mention it because it's something that's uh, out it's in, being it's talked in, about. Yeah, right. It. it uh, He's accused. The courts will figure it out, I guess. Yeah. But what I wanted to really, I guess, hone in on is the two-tier justice system, right? And in this case, I think it's about as apparent as it ever, ever could be. There's one standard for one group of people and another standard for another. And those the laws are going to be applied differently based on which identity group you belong to i can guarantee the feds will raid mar-a-lago more times than they <laughs> this person no, no the feds will raid mar-a-lago because of this person probably <laughs> they're like oh Ehrlich is uh is is dealing uh testosterone and estrogen and other uh hormone chemicals to underage children fuck let's go see what trump's up to trump's got something in his basement <laughs> get him. it's uh yeah it's totally fucked uh I mean, there's. Listen, if you have a two-tier justice system, then you don't have a justice system. I mean, there is no yeah. justice is a binary option. It is, yeah. Right. This is the one thing. Always like I understand what people mean when they say two-tier justice system, but that's doesn't mean it's meaningless to say that. It means you are lawless. Mm-hmm. If you have a two-tier justice system, well, you live dis- in a lawless a, yeah, state. Yeah, it's a descriptor. It's to explain the situation. It, it explains the deficiency of what's going yeah. on, but really you live in a lawless state. You do. Yeah, you do. Um, and, yeah, like you said, it is California. Um, and this Already pers- a lawless state. <laughs> this person is a member of the most protected class of individual, which is transgender. So here's a here, – this is, this is the amazing part. So and the, wait, wait, wait. They're promoting – this uh illicit operation on the open yeah on twitter well here's this is the best part though gavin newsom is going to i mean it's it's unconstitutional so it gets struck down but he's looking at creating a law and signing a law that prevents californians from moving out of california what so you can't a californian you can't leave california but you can mail your illegal drugs to anybody in whoa, the country. Whoa, whoa, whoa. What is his reasoning? He's tired of them going to Arizona and Texas and Florida. So, okay, what's his angle? What's his, uh, how is he portraying the situation? How is he framing it? Oh, don't go to Arizona. They're racist. So he's protect. So he's saying I'm protecting you. Yeah, yeah it's from like which a, you don't it's know. It's a protection racket. Oh, okay, yeah. I got you. Yeah, like uh, like the mob. <laughs> <laughs> like the mob. And yeah, like the mob. Yeah, like the mob probably sums up the state of California. The California, and also I would say the partnership between the government, the universities, and the public. And that's what I wanted to maybe leave off with um, is. Al Gore told me California would be 10 feet underwater by now. He fucking lied. The left tends to do that. What I wanted to leave off with is um, one of the questions I had in the intro, which was, could Biden's attempt at student debt cancellation be part of a ploy or have the secondary effect of elevating the net benefit of a college education in the minds of the next generation? Because people are seeing that these loans are being forgiven, right? And they're thinking to themselves, well, it costs this much, but I mean, do I really have to pay that much? Like what happens if I don't want to? What are the politics going to be like? Um, Will the costs go down based on who's in office? And like you said earlier, should I vote Democrats so that my loans are forgiven in the future? So it's a, this is a vote harvesting operation. The, it, What's going to happen is he signed his EO to reduce the student loan debt, but he can't do that because the pre- Congress controls the purse strings, not the president, mm-hmm. right? That's constitutional. So his thi- his forgiveness is unconstitutional, which means it's going to get struck down by the conservative majority in the Supreme Court when it finally gets there, which means all these people are going to have to pay for their loans. But it's a this actually is smart by Democrats. It's a win-win. If it stands... He buys votes. Mm-hmm. If it gets struck down, he gets the revenge vote. Yeah. 
Yeah, right? that makes sense. Now, if uh, if uh, Republicans were smart, which they're not, but if they were, they would make a promise that if they take back Congress, they will forgive student loan debt and what they will do is they will go after the university's endowments to pay for it because mm. these universities like somebody pointed out that uh, i don't know which one is sitting on like 50 billion dollars well how do you get 50 billion dollars with cratering enrollment unless i don't know you're ripping people off mm-hmm. uh and so it, and how they go after it, maybe a special sort of tax or something, maybe take away their protections, right? Something like that. And that's what, if, if Republicans are smart, they will match Biden on student loan forgiveness, but go after it lawfully and in a way that doesn't impact the regular taxpayer. Right. So make the universities pay retroactively mm-hmm. for their corruption and targeting of people and they like we said earlier they don't promise overtly that they you really get, to you, be f- you get to be fair, you get this degree yeah and, they haven't promised anything and, like and, but they but they do market themselves as a place that you go to find success in life yeah it's the covert marketing scheme they never actually come out and say if you get a degree at harvard you'll find a you know a million dollar job like they never say that mm-hmm. And they know better than that, right? So they've done it in a very subversive way, Mm -hmm. which has worked because I've always had the impression that if you went to Harvard, you were guaranteed success. Mm -hmm. So um, what are the chances that um, college tuition goes up by like 10, 20K next year? <laughs> if this, if this goes through, it's, well, it's definitely it's going up no matter what because of inflation. Right, so it'll right. just go up even more, even more. <laughs> uh, colleges, universities are just like, all right, well, I guess we're just going to charge more, whatever. There's more, there's more money to be uh, shared around. So we and, want our piece of the pie. Here's the crazy part, though. They could have did this with all that money they gave to Ukraine. Yeah, they could have. Could have just did. Could have, or could have just held some money back. Here's the right way to do it, right? Even, even So if you wanted to argue that going after the colleges for the money is immoral or unethical, maybe. Maybe I could agree with that. You could make an argument. Well, because you're dipping your hand and altering the mm-hmm. free marketplace. Right? So that's fair. However, Congress and this government has already proven that they have no problem fucking generating any fucking amount of money mm-hmm. right out of their ass. So what the correct way to do this would to be to create uh, a federal fund mm-hmm. for where you can apply if you had a previous loan that's still outstanding, you know what, or not even outstanding. If you took out a previous loan in the last, we'll say, 20 years, you can apply for a $10,000 grant or check or whatever. And only if you're making under the certain amount that you're supposed to be making. So now you can go and apply Right. We'll say call you call it a tax rebate, whatever they want to call it. And now they investigate you. They'll say, OK, you got to prove your income. So it's going to eliminate a huge swath of these people like they're making over one hundred and twenty five thousand dollars. They won't even be able to apply for it. What about like the average individual, though, who has debt in other ways, like they have a car loan? Are we going to forgive their car loan as well? Probably not, because the, the car loans don't come from the federal government. The only reason they're able to do this is because the federal government created loans money to a, a, a loan thing for the students. Okay. That's right. Whereas car loans are private loans. So, All right. um, like I understand debt, debt is bad for everybody, but if you were going to do it right, you would create a fund that people could apply for debt relief from mm-hmm. and they would have to prove what their income is. And like I said, you give it to people who have, even if they've paid off their loan, as long as they're not making X amount of money, they should still be able to apply for that debt relief. Because why would you punish the people that did the right thing and paid off their loan, but then reward the people who are still in debt? Yeah, that's another one of the unfair aspects of an already unfair uh, policy that they're, tr- they're trying to implement. Yeah. I don't know if I agree with you fully. I kind of think like... Well, I mean, I don't... I Like, my position is there should be no debt relief on that. I mean, you You're just saying in, in, in the in the hypothetical... Yeah, in a, there's a better way to do it. It yeah. does exist. Yeah. yeah. That makes sense. Like, I don't... I would... Like, I'm not... 
I'm not against debt relief personally, right? Like some people need help. I get that. And the government is supposed to help you sometimes. And there's a bit of socialism in that, obviously. But the, the ultimate issue here is most of the problems that people experience with their finances are probably a result of incompetent government. And so we are here now. Well, yeah, that's true. They well in Canada especially, they take a lot more than they. That's need. right, and and government failing in other aspects, protecting like the government is has done nothing to protect people from credit card companies. Like, why are credit card companies allowed to target sixteen-year-olds, seventeen-year-olds, eighteen-year-olds? Like they're in, you know, they're in the WalMarts and the Costcos, and they look at you. You're yeah, hey, we got a credit card, you know. Like that should be illegal. And like nobody has a right to credit. That's mm -hmm. not like a constitutional right. So you could limit that. You could hedge or you could hedge how much what type of limit they can offer mm -hmm. somebody that's young. You could you could hedge like what type of interest they're allowed to collect, like all that type of stuff. But the government's been incompetent for so long that we are so tangled up in a web of all these mistakes that it's it's very difficult to see what the real solutions would be because we are so many levels deep now yeah. from the original mistake or corruption and the band-aid upon band-aid upon band-aid solutions over the last four decades for this stuff. So here we are. Well, let's talk about what we do know, right? We do know that colleges and universities are offering an inferior product than they once did. Mm -hmm. We do know that. 100%. And yeah. we do know that they're requiring uh, – a, a lot more capital right mm -hmm. um, to be able to participate in this um, industry and it's become an industry because they're processing people um, and, and giving them uh, a piece of paper not really giving them knowledge and yes. skills and abilities right and the piece of paper is being uh, required in a lot of areas of the 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 labor force exactly yeah. the labor force that it previously wasn't required mm -hmm. and it should not be required because it's not needed it's th th there's a lot of jobs that are just jobs that you could um, grow into right yeah. like yeah. you could learn on the job if you have a certain skill set and that's just the way things are however the marketplace is inflated like a lot of things these days, and that's kind of where we're at. Mm -hmm. Yeah, the um, the game has changed for the universities. They went from whatever they were, you know, uh, marketplace of ideas, institutions of higher learning, whatever you used to think of them as. Mm -hmm. I don't even really know what to call them now. They're just like a bloated corporation yeah they're for bureau bureaucratic corporation they're bureaucratic for-profit corporations that have no actual ethics that they sort of right. adhere to anymore where at one time it used to be like free speech and stuff like that mm -hmm. um so here we are they they've lost the plot they've lost the plot and looks like the general public is responding and they're being rejected with yeah with withholding their mm -hmm. wallets yeah so i mean we'll see how they respond if they maybe they'll come back and do the right thing i don't know well, what's the saying get woke go broke <laughs> it seems like it applies <laughs> in this situation they might they might end up going broke i just hope that when they do go broke if they do that some dumbass congress doesn't bail them out yeah that's true that's that's a possibility especially who, depends on who's in power and yeah. who's stolen the most recent election <laughs> that's <laughs> basically how it goes down uh but yeah no i think this was a, a really interesting two-part series mm -hmm. um just because it is such a foundational element of a well-functioning society yeah and i think it goes to show why there's so many cracks in the world we live in today mm -hmm. like if you're not getting the education piece right you're gonna have a lot of people with a lot of issues and if you're causing them financial financial anguish that's only going to complicate and compound things yeah it's uh, the lack of a strong foundation uh leads to you know a, a i guess a shitty life a shitty future um you're going to have to overcome more. 
at some point. And the foundation is usually established through education. And it seems like that's definitely failing. Mm -hmm. But education is not just something, like you said, that can be gained through these institutions. There's also just self-education. Yeah. And that starts with... Uh, like, uh, what I think that's called auto auto-dictation. Oh, dictation? Yeah, it's okay. where you're self-taught. Yeah. Uh, and or you can you can apprentice with somebody on something. Yeah, exactly. Like there's other ways to do it. Yeah. And I, I think a lot of uh, society is exploring those other no, options. Those seem like more traditional methods of gaining knowledge. Yeah. Right? Yeah, and yeah like, like 100 years ago or whatever. It, yeah, and, it, and I think that society kind of reached its apex of... Uh, progress and what these post-secondary institutions could provide and now it's kind of us to pick up where they left off right and continue um, building on the great ideas of the enlightenment periods and our past well and you know you know who hasn't reached their apex yet uni us (laughs) so like share subscribe thumbs up Come on the journey. Smash the rumble button if you're it's, on rumble. It's been about a year now since yep. we've done this. Mm-hmm. And I think we suck less. I can say with confidence we suck we, less. We are definitely not uh, American universities. <laughs> that's for sure. <laughs> we're better than that. We're the 13th hour. We're here. We're queer. Get used to it. Oh my <laughs> <God>. <laughs> Until next time. <laughs> Thanks for watching. Thanks for listening. Drop us a comment. It's here from you. Have you had any certain experiences with post-secondary education that you think would be interesting to share? Share them. We want to hear. Don't we want to hear about that though. Oh shit. Right. <laughs> Until next time. Thanks for watching. Thanks for listening. Until next time.